Welcome to the Ars Equi Podcast, a series of discussions between legal researchers and experts on all things related to law and technology. And now, here are your podcast hosts. Welcome to this very first episode of Ars Equi. I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Tima. And we are so excited to have you all joining us and listening to our podcast. Um, During this podcast, we really want to take you all on an exciting journey. We're going to be discussing all things to do with law and technology through different series. We hope that you find this content informative and interesting. And please, yeah, just continue to join with us and continue to listen. So I think we will start with introducing ourselves. Uh, my name is Paul. I am a researcher at the Department of Innovation and Digitalization in Law at the University of Vienna, where I also studied law. Uh, I'm from Austria uh, and I'm researching data protection law and legal tech. And my name is Tima, like I've already said. I work with Paul at the Department of innovation and digitalization and law. Um, I work on several uh, European funded projects that deal with all things to do with data protection and technology and privacy law. And I am African. Um, I'm African. I was born in Nigeria and I went to school and grew up most of my life in South Africa. I'm really interested in all things to do with the continent and the development of Africa, African law, and African technology. So we are trying to give you a bit of an international uh, perspective and different perspectives uh, from our backgrounds. Um, also to a very first uh, topic, our very first series, which will be on fake news. So um, what the plan is for this uh, podcast is that we have different uh, series, each with a couple of episodes, just going into detail in one topic. Um, and as I've said, the first one will be fake news. Right. So the reason why we've started, we've decided to start with fake news is because, you know, in the middle of this pandemic, we thought that fake news was a really important topic to discuss right now. As we've seen globally, governments and platforms have really reacted to the news that is shared online about the virus. Um, Content that is created surrounding the virus has been heavily censored and restricted. We've seen platforms like YouTube taking down videos that have any mention of COVID-19 or corona in them on the basis of the spread of false information or the spread of fake news. So we thought that as this is basically a hot topic right now, it would be really interesting for us to kind of dive in to the important legal and, you know, just general social questions around fake news. So for, the f- for this first episode, we want to look at the definition of fake news and what this actually is that we're talking about and why this is something new and why uh, we should care about this. Exactly. So, I mean, as we know, there is no, or maybe you guys don't know, but <laughs> we're going to tell you, there's no universal definition for fake news. So different jurisdictions kind of have different definitions. Some are similar, some are different, some are different from each other. And I think that has a lot to, that has created kind of an environment of massive uncertainty in the international framework. So I'll give you some examples, right? So the EU's high level task force definition 
focuses not on fake news per se, but on disinformation. So they de define disinformation as all forms of false, inaccurate, or misleading information designed, presented, and promoted to intentionally cause public harm. So in the EU, the focus is really on the intention and the outcome of the spread of the fake news. Um, and then we can contrast that to Singapore. Singapore has a new law that focuses on fake news. And the definition there is something along the lines of false statements or material that is communicated in Singapore and is communicated online via, via SMS, video, social network, or anything like that. So Singapore is less focused on the intention behind the communication and the, the overall effect, but more so on the fact that the statement itself is deemed to be false. So this is a really broad definition. It's yeah. essentially outlawing lying online. Exactly. Uh, whereas in Europe, it's more a uh, narrow definition, uh, focusing on the intent and not just penalizing um, wrong information, So, uh, but rather uh, with more of a background and, and more... Um, more intent to harm. Exactly. So the EU is basically taking an approach where they're looking at what is detrimental to our population and how does the spread of fake news, does the spread of this news cause some sort of public disruption or public harm? Whereas in Singapore, the law even applies to personal messages that I might send to someone via MMS or a message that I send on a group or a platform that's not necessarily public in a sense. So wrong information isn't anything new, really. So we've had lies for millennia. Mm -hmm. uh, and we also had, from a legal perspective, uh, things like defamation um, and, and uh, libel laws and so on. So what is so different now with the term fake news uh, in comparison to the decades before? You know, Paul, <laughs> I think the difference now is social media and the reach that one person can get by posting something, right? So in the past, you know, the disseminators of news and the creators of public discourse were journalists and news outlets and writers and people who had to kind of maintain a certain level of an ethical code or professional integrity. Plus, they actually learned this stuff. Exactly. So they, they, they went to school this, for they it. They went to school for it. They are actually professionals doing this and therefore have a certain code of, code of conduct and, and, and certain responsibility also. Exactly. Uh, and this isn't true for social media. So anybody can broadcast information now. Anybody can start a blog. Um, anybody can start a Twitter account. Uh, and that, this has led to the spread of misinformation or added to it because it's so easy to spread information now. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to consume false information now. Plus, the consumers of false information are often the spreaders of it. So it's one person starting all of this, but people that probably believe the wrong information are the ones that are spreading it. So the victims are more or less the spreaders of fake news. Exactly. So I feel like this is now we're in a, a time period where there's a lot more possible detrimental effects from the spread of fake news. 
And there's a lot more incentive for regulators and governors, especially in the advent of, you know, a pandemic like we're in. There's a lot more incentive for them to want to really control that and um, be sure of what is posted online. But the flip side of that is that there's definitely a limitation on, you know, the right to freedom of expression. So, you know, how do you see that as as a balance or in contrast? I mean, we've seen this with Trump claiming that every everything the mainstream media does is fake news. So um, there is an interest by politicians uh, to, or anyone really, to claim that certain content that they don't want to be spread or to be discussed as fake news. Um, now, this obviously, and I think that the Singapore law um, really reflects this, um, impacts the freedom of expression, which mm -hmm. is, uh, for example, from a European perspective, a part of the European Convention on Human Rights. So this is really uh, a human right, and uh, thus also the states are obligated to protect this. Mm -hmm. uh, on the flip side of this... Um, states are not really, you don't have a right to correct information. So the state may limit freedom of expression in order to do that, but you don't have a human right to uh, receive correct information. Right. And also in, in line with having an effect on, you know, individuals and our human rights, it also has a massive effect on the media and freedom of the press and the way in which the media is able to you know, communicate its stories, how, how cautious they have to be about what will be taken down, how does you know, ex excessive regulation in the area of fake news, how does that affect, especially if it's, you know, um, if it's promoted by a, a, a government that has a specific type of image that they want to portray or has a specific type of narrative that they want to portray, how does how does this affect the media's ability to do what it does and, you know, hold governments accountable, act as a mouthpiece for the society? You know, all of those things are definitely in question. Uh, and these questions are the ones that we will pose in our next episodes. Uh, so uh, this series will have three episodes, with uh, this one being the first one as kind of uh, an introduction and a bit of a description of the field. Uh, the second one will focus, uh, as you said, on the media uh, and how these, uh, this regulation uh, can affect the freedom of the press and the media as a whole and, and these kind of things. Uh, and there will be a third episode uh, focusing on platforms and how they respond to, to fake news and fake news regulation. Yeah, so we really, really hope that you all continue to stay tuned with us. Um, in the next two episodes, we're really going to go into depth, talk about different jurisdictions, and really try to give our honest opinion on how what we think about this area and you know the legal implications, the social implications, and so on. So yeah, we hope you continue to listen, and we hope that you've enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to having you next time on the Ars Equity Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ars Equi Podcast. Check out our other podcast, Ars Boni, brought to you by the Department of Innovation and Digitalization in Law. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave your comments down below. Thank you again, and join us next time on the Ars Equi Podcast.